This is Andy Carlson of the Dad Mode Podcast, Comsense Parenting in a Politically Correct World, and you are listening to the Earnestly Speaking Podcast. Get some. The Earnestly Speaking Podcast is a show that is founded on free-flowing conversation and may at times venture into mature subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, Ernestly Speaking Podcast. Let's get it. I'm a giant in New York, in Miami, carry heat. So much more in store, my product can flood the street. Opinion Nation Godfather, CEO. Puff in the late 90s, gonna see me blow. Got my hustle on, no imitation of that. Army of Untouchables, Opinion Nation staff. Never an off-season, homie, check the numbers. Heart in my own right, supply and southern comfort. Earnestly speaking, my ego is well-fed. Earnestly speaking, you're too evil. No threat. See him like a hurricane. You're a wild breeze. Earnestly speaking, leave it in like a dynasty. Shame. All right, welcome to another edition or the latest edition of the Earnest Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Ernest EJ Christian. Um, after a two week hiatus, I'm back. Uh, I feel refreshed, and it's time to talk about. Whatever is on your mind, I don't know what's on my mind right now, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just here chilling, man. Um, we just thought about this podcast last minute on the line with me on a gorgeous Monday afternoon here on Earth Speaking TV. Actually, it's the first we're, we're actually doing a dry run of this podcast today. Um, to see if this actually works. This has actually been a pain in the butt right now, but we'll work with it. We're gonna work with it. Um, on the line with me, of course, is my man, one of the contributors here to Earth Speaking, Mike the Squid. Mike, what's up? What's going on, EJ? How we doing today? Well, after about 35 minutes of trying to figure out this whole uh, Google Hangout setup, <laughs> I finally figured it out. <laughs> this is true. This is you true. Know? We've been we've been running through it. Yeah, man, it's, it's one of those things where you just got you just got to you know stay with it, man. At some point, you'll figure it out. There's a reason. There's a reason why it works. It's, it's, this is not a uh, attempt to not have me to to be a part of this whole whole thing. Uh, yeah. And like I said, this is a, this is a little, a little soft launch. Here we're going to try here, um, as you know. But it's just you know, like look, look, you guys. It's been four years that I've been doing this podcast, and this is the way I do it. Microphone and me and people on the line. That's it. It's, it's not nothing fancy. I'm not in a big studio. You know, look, my pets are right down, right there, right down the hall, right there. So it's, it's not, you know, nothing fancy. It's, it's, it's not big time here. I'm just doing what we yeah. got to do here. Still, so, still uh, job. Yeah. Um, how's your weekend? Pretty good? Oh, uh, good. You know, uh, worked on Friday, uh, went to a wedding Saturday, and yesterday just hung out with people and... Watching baseball and reading up on some uh, some of the newest uh, Hulk Hogan yeah. transgressions, dude. I think I have the worst luck when it comes to like '80s heroes. Yeah, like if I tell you right now, my my personal Mount Rushmore of '80s heroes. Okay, this is my Mount Rushmore. Okay, Michael Jackson, over dead. one, dead. Okay, Bruce Lee, over two, dead. Dead. Okay. Then you got Bill Cosby. Oh, for sure. Probably <laughs> accused rapist. Jello and the Jello. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then now Hulk Hogan, now who's an alleged rapist. And you, you guys that know me well, I, I, look, I'm okay. I'm not a current wrestling fan anymore. I don't watch it anymore. Like a, you know, mm-hmm. as a as a present day fan because I just don't. But I still own the, the network because of the fact that I love the old school stuff. Of course, even though I, even though I already, even though I already own the stuff, right? You know, I own it on VHS oh. on the Cosby Home Video. I still own oh, yeah. the, I still want the network. So I wanted to have all the access. And I, mm-hmm. I'm a Hulkamaniac. I'm, a, I am a Hulkamaniac, card carrying Hulkamaniac. Yep. And when I saw this news drop, um, you know, on Friday, and literally, it, it literally, the news woke me up because. Friday morning, I get, a, I get a little disclaimer from Bleach Report and from a couple of the sites I, I follow. I'm like, oh, boy. He got fired for what this time? And, you know, the whole thing was exploded on the internet, of course, on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, Hogan and, you know, I guess uh, race, racial, uh, racist comments he made eight years ago. WWE not only fired him, but his is what really bothered me about this whole thing. He scrubbed out pretty much him as those never existed on, on, on that roster. That mm-hmm. bothered me. What's, what, let me ask you, what's, what's your thoughts? What was your thoughts when you, when you heard this news first off? Uh, you know, back, 
you know, seeing that it was eight, nine years ago, you know, it didn't really surprise me back seeing how everything has changed drastically over the last five to 10 years. Um, stuff like that eight to 10 years ago, unfortunately, wasn't uncommon. Um, I think it, a lot of things have changed. Um, you know, WWE going about it the way they have. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to say that it was too drastic of a step. You know, uh, they made a step as a multi-million dollar shareholding company, you know, um, Hogan being, yeah, but, but really they lost $50 million on Friday alone. It's, it's not, I, I saw a report. Is that rep- See, I'm not sure if that report's actually true though. I, I know I actually was one of the guys that actually retweeted that whole uh, story. That's I mean, it wouldn't shock me either. Cause, cause actually, if you think about it, um, based on what we've, we've been reading, you know, post Friday, mm-hmm. um, Hogan's got a lot of support. He is. Um, but WWE also is going to lose money because, you know, they pulled all of his merchandise, pulled NWO merchandise because he was a part of the group. Whoa, NWO too? Yeah, they pulled it earlier today. Wait, 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 what is Scott Hall and Kevin Ash trying to do this? I, 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 what? Because because he was part of it. They pulled it. I read about it earlier this morning. I completely agree with you. I think that is a whole lot of BS. Um, I, I just, I don't get WWE. I mean, I get it because they are a multi-million dollar globally shared organization but still at the end of the day you have to look up and go um without him there is no wwe we don't buy wcw we don't have the money to be the number one running organization for probably all of the 70s and 80s yeah 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 um what bothered me about this whole thing too especially is the fact that given the okay look if you want to fire Hogan, that's one thing. I, I look, I can't tell Vince how to run his company. Exactly. I'm not going to tell Vince how to run his company, obviously. But what bothered me about the whole thing going forward is why did they have to go the extra mile of scrubbing his name out of the uh, out of the history books? Like, is that like obviously he's a Hall of Famer. He's no longer listed as such anymore. Obviously, he's done so many great things with the, with the you know winning multiple titles in it with the company. You, you don't know that anymore I, now as a, as of Friday I, last week. I kind of, I kind of, and this is where it probably leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. He's almost getting the Chris Benoit effect. Yeah, yeah and that's I said, Chris Benoit, that's I said, Hogan didn't murder suicide his family. That's just all I'm looking at. I, I agree with you. I agree with you 150%. Um, I, don't, I don't believe what they've done to Hogan is fair. Um, I believe that it is something that is going to end up backfiring on them heavily. Um, you know, the supposed talk was Hogan Austin or Hogan and somebody at Mania next year in Dallas, you know, that's off the table now. There goes you're bringing in your your nostalgia fans, you know, like yourself that haven't followed the program for 10 to 15 years. What bothered me about the whole thing, and you mentioned Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. what bothered me the whole thing is the fact that, okay, it wasn't that, and I was, and I was very vocal about this all, all weekend long, it wasn't the fact that Hogan got fired. Look, it's Vince's call. If yep. Vince will fire him for whatever reason, you know, fine. I get that. Mm-hmm. But to scrub the guy from everything that ever exists, that he ever ex- done with that company for 30 plus years, okay? You know, and it's funny, you went, you went to win one round too. That, that's the first thing I thought about when I said that. I was like, wait, hold on a second. This is not a murder suicide situation, mm-hmm. okay? He said comments off the record. Um, and not only that, it was said eight years ago. Yeah, eight years ago, eight. Yeah, that's that's you know, the you know, alarming thing. Is you understand? You understand? Eight years ago, George W. Bush was still president. <laughs> I mean, eight, eight years ago. Eight years ago, that something he said wasn't out of the realm of one hundred percent possible. Right, but and then it, what gets me to? I, I, I don't want to go. Look, I'm going to go here anyway because I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to go here. The hypocrisy of it all, too. Knowing Vince and seeing what he's done through the years with the with the product on screen, mm-hmm. you know, with the racially insensitive, uh, absolutely storylines and even comments too. He has done. He has actually dropped word himself on camera. Remember that? Remember that skitty with Booker T back then? Yep. We've seen them. Okay, seen them. Yep. Yeah, that thing. And you're gonna fire him? Not only fire him, but but scrub him off your off the history books of the WWE because because you want to be politi- politically correct. That I've, had this, me. I've had this conversation with multiple people. Vince's time with the company should be over. He should turn the keys to Paul, Roger. aka Triple H. Stephanie, 
and take his $76 billion, go buy 47 islands, and never be seen again. You're not a Vince guy, are you? I was. Um, I loved what he did in the company in the 90s, you know, revolutionized wrestling as a whole, but, you know, he is a, if it's don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, you know, and I, I feel that there are guys that are in development right now that are guys that have busted their asses to get here, you know, guys that are just starting to get pushes, Cesaro, Owens, Fowler, guys like that, that, you know, are always going to have to take a back road to guys like Cena and, and those guys, you know, and I don't have a problem with, with Cena being the quote-unquote gatekeeper, you know, I, I, the supposed talk for SummerSlam in five weeks in New York at Barclays is going to be Rollins versus Cena for the world title, and I've gotten into many arguments with friends of mine, you know, as I'm still an avid wrestling fan, and I'll actually be at Survivor at uh, SummerSlam in, in Barclays. Um, the thing is, everyone thinks Cena's going to win the title, and, and I've been very adamant that this calendar year of John Cena has been the best year he's had in ring. And nobody wants to give Cena credit. They all want to give the guys that he's facing credit, which last time I checked, it took two to tango. That's true. Um, so so you can't... So, so I mean, you, you, yes... Cena does the quote five moves of doom. You know, he always does the same five moves in every in every match. But the fact of the matter is, is you got to understand Vince McMahon is about the bottom line dollar. He's got a guy. That's quite obvious there. That is quite obvious with with his with his decision making here, um, especially in this situation. The biggest the biggest mistake he made in the last three years was breaking the shield up because they were going to be a money getter. They were going to be the NWO of of fifty thousands. But they broke him up to move Rollins into the title picture and Reigns and Ambrose, wherever they are. But Cena's a guy that you can change the color of his t-shirt once every three weeks, and he'll sell a million fucking t-shirts every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, honestly... Is he polarizing? I mean, I don't watch anymore, but, you know, I, I don't... Like, he, from what people tell me about John Cena, he's he's now the modern-day Hogan, in the sense where he, is. He's so, he was so loved at, his peak, at the peak of his powers mm-hmm. that it almost turned people off at some point, and that's where... Absolutely. You know, no, no, they're... It's clear. Um, if you, if you so go that's, back that's, and watch any of So that's an accurate uh, analogy. Yeah, absolutely. If you, go back, if you go back and watch any of the, of the pay-per-views from this year, you hear him come out, you know, and his, his song hits, you know, the crowd, it's 50-50 down the middle, and then half the time during the course of his song, it turns into John Cena sucks chance to the beat of his song. It's funny, though. He's actually a very likable guy, though. He's a very yes. likable guy. I mean, honestly, he really is. I've, I've, I ran into him one time years ago before he became huge um, at a car show in D.C. when I was living up there. Really nice guy, down to earth, you know, was someone that you would think, in the grand scheme of things, would be a guy that you would want to hand the ball to your company and have him run. And, right. you know, he has run. Um, but everyone wants to go, oh, well, we want to see what this guy can do. Well, the problem is, is how can you take the ball out of the guy's hand to use the, the football reference, how do you take the ball out of Marshawn Lynch's hand and throw it to somebody? Uh, <laughs> I want to call, call Big Craig now and say, hey, buddy, how you feeling? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I was pissed. Actually, there's a story behind that, too, but, but the whole that play. Uh, my, wi- my wife, Lauren, absolutely hates the Patriots. And as mad as I was with that play, and then, you know, I don't want to pass it myself. Oh, she was cussing. And my wife isn't, well, let's not go there, but. She's emotional in that in that sense, mm-hmm. and she's not she's not even a football fan, you know. But she, <laughs> she she knows two things. She knows that she she hates football, and then she and hates, hates Tom Brady, more. Tom Brady, and the Patriots. That's two things she does about football. <laughs> and she, I mean, I, I wish I had actually recorded that video. Uh, that would have been awesome um, of that night. Um, with her awesome. going off, it's like, what are you doing? Who was that dumb coach? I'm like, they're defending yeah. champions, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, the year before they didn't have to worry about trying to run the ball. Twelve yeah. seconds left. They're up by sixty. Yeah, they, they owned, yeah. but okay. So back to Hogan quickly before we go to yeah. the next topic. Um, um, when we talk about Hogan's legacy, obviously we know we, we, we don't need to discuss that. We know what Hogan's done through the years. What he means to the company. I, I already told you Hogan's the greatest of all time. Even more yeah. Austin, even more Rock. Because two things. There's only one. There's one specific reason why Hogan's the greatest of all time. I keep telling people this, and people argue with this, but then when I tell them this fact, they say, "Oh, okay, you get. I get it." Hogan's the only guy that changed the game twice. Hulkamania yes. and W.O. Period. In discussion. Mm-hmm. I'll say um, this. Go ahead. Hogan, Hogan, greatest of all time. Austin is the wrestler that saved pro wrestling. Yes. 
made relevant that's, again that's, after it fell apart. Yes. After it fell apart, after Hogan left WWE and, and went to, to WCW, and even as the NWO was forming, Austin coming out, he was the wrestler that saved pro wrestling. As a whole, the whole, the whole, the whole, yes. the relevant, the whole, the, 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 the relevancy of it, yes. Oh, um, yes. yes. Steve Austin is the one that saved wrestling, but Hulk Hogan is the greatest of all time. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think what's going to happen here, too, this is, this is my prediction. This will blow over at some point. This whole thing yes. of Hogan and WWE, give it time to pass. Let this thing sit. Remember, he, Hogan goes to a trial against Gawker.com, the sex tape stuff, and he's going to probably end up winning that, that trial anyway, regardless. And I think after time passes, and once, once WWE figure things out, I think slowly but surely you'll see Hogan back on WWE programming in two years. In two yeah. years, because two years now in this climate, in, this, in, in 2015 now, two years is a long time. Like, years ago, two years would have been way too soon. Two years mm-hmm. now with social media, because, look, this story will go away in about a week or two, okay? Yep. Give this to about a year or two, and Hogan's back on, back on TV, and no one really remembers what happened um, this last Friday. Absolutely, and I, and I think the logical standpoint is the place in play for WrestleMania 33 is Toronto, the Sky Dome. Place where he had probably the greatest match that he ever had at WrestleMania with Warrior. Unfortunately, Warrior's not going to be Wait, there. Whoa, 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 whoa! That was whoa. one of his greatest matches. Get out of here! Yeah, because War- yeah, he carried Warrior in that whole match. Every match of Warrior is not as great. Oh. Hogan carried a match. carried that at WrestleMania seven. I I agree with you one hundred and fifty percent. But I'm saying one of Hogan's one of Hogan's greatest matches was Warrior in the Sky Dome. At WrestleMania six, and with that I potentially cried. being the location for WrestleMania thirty three, might be good to bring him back. You know, because next Boyer, year or the year after, not this year. This twenty sixteen is going to be Dallas right. at Jerry Jones's Mega Fun Plex. Are you, are you are you going again? I I will be there. I'm going to buy my plane ticket. You know how many now? You're going to what five WrestleManias? I've gone to five. Dallas will be six. Well, so, you, so basically, you have more WrestleMania appearances than LeBron James has rings. Pretty much. Wow, you impress you impress me, brother. You impress me. And you travel. Look, I, if I if I had the money when I was younger, mm-hmm. well, I was a poor little kid back in the day. I didn't see WrestleMania Six live, but I remember hearing the, uh, the updates and stuff. And this, not, mm-hmm. not look, this is, is nineteen ninety. Okay, when well, basically the internet wasn't even exi- didn't even exist. Yeah. at least in my world anyway. Um, so, uh, like I, I, to me, I didn't hear about the results of WrestleMania until like two days after because you, yeah. know, you, you know, there's no way to find out until yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody tells you. Um, and it's amazing how like you now travel to like all these events like like it's nothing. Like oh, I'm going to another event. I'm going to SummerSlam in August. No big deal. Yeah, Barclays. Yeah. Mm, no problem. Yeah, um, yeah. That that should, that should be a good. I hate you, Mike. I hate you, Mike. <laughs> I envy you so much, and I wish. You see, I wish I had the passion of wrestling that you know you have now. That I wish I had that now too. But the thing is, this is my problem with wrestling, and I think I, I might have discussed this with you actually one time or somebody else. Actually, it was Matt Whitener I discussed it with back in the when we did our baseball preview show back in back in the, the March. Mm-hmm. Was that um, the thing with wrestling today, and compared compared to when I watched it back then, mm-hmm. is that. The surprise element was what made it great back in the day. You don't have that anymore because of social media. Because you file every like the fact that on my cell phone I'm getting results of matches, literally seconds after it's over, mm-hmm. and then you go on and you go on uh, Facebook and you go on Twitter, and the WWE feed is telling you what's going on. Yeah, I think hurts the product. I'm sorry, it does. It does. It does. It absolutely does. Uh, I mean, I've, there have been shows that I haven't been able to watch live that I've gotten the results spoiled for me by the app texting me who won, and I'm like, well, now I don't really feel like sitting through I'm your three-hour show. Now, now I'm going to unfollow your ass now. I care that much. Yeah, now I'm not going to really want to watch your three-hour show that you just told me the results for every match after it happened. Exactly. The, and that's why that's why it's, it's so weird to me to watch wrestling today and seeing tweets go through the screen while I'm watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to that because back then, it didn't happen. When, I, when, I, when I was raised, a, a, a storyline between Andre Giant and Hulk Hogan lasted a year and a half. From, mm-hmm. from February 87 to August 88. Okay? That's how long that, 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 that storyline lasted. Okay? You, you, you're lucky it was storyline the last a month now. See, yeah, no. See, I think the, the, the best thing is, you know, a lot of people last couple weeks, especially after the last pay-per-view battleground where Undertaker returned, cost Brock Lesnar the World Heavyweight title, which is now leading to Brock Taker at SummerSlam. Um, everyone was like, well, that's the Undertaker. 
Yes, they announced it Monday. Um, they said, they said, uh, oh, well, you know, why did Brock wait, or why did Undertaker wait so long to get Brock? And I said, well, the reality is, is this is going back to that, you know? Okay, well, I took you out a year ago, a year ago and ended your streak. I was in a world title match. The belt was robbed for me. I took what was most precious from you away. You made sure I didn't get what was most precious back to me. Kind of like the eye for an eye, you know. And I think I thought I thought that was really good on WWE's part to not rush that SummerSlam of last year. Oh, well, he beat my streak. I need to to get my revenge right. because Brock was being built as this unstoppable machine, which he is, by the way. <laughs> kind of. I don't want. I don't want any piece of that. I think I think Paul Heyman's actually. I think if anything, the only guy that 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 would get me to watch that stuff again is Paul Heyman. Absolutely, <laughs> seriously, he's, he's great. phenomenal. Probably the greatest promo guy of the two. As, as, as a manager, oh, okay. Well, in, in general, in general, uh, there's nobody. There's nobody in the two thousands that that Ooh, if you give topic. me a microphone, great topic. Quickly, top Mount Rushmore of promo guys all time. It can be manager, it can be uh, wrestlers all time. Ooh. Rock, we, had discuss, Heyman, we had a discussion on my radio show last a couple weeks ago. Rock, Heyman, Austin. If you don't say, I'm going to kill you. Uh, if you don't say, I'm going to kill you. There's so many guys that you can put it for. And they're really all Savage? Awful. Hello? That's what I'm, it was him, you know. Even Hogan himself. Hogan, Hogan on a good day. Could could cut a above average Hogan, promo. Well, the fact no, look to me, I appreciate Hogan's promos after he, he turned heel. It's like, whoa, he can pull this off too. Whoa, yeah. I, and, and awesome. another guy, another guy that, that never got enough credit for his promos. Yeah, was a guy like Eddie Guerrero. Um, he was great. I thought Bradshaw, Bradshaw never got enough credit whenever he went to that money making Texas billionaire gimmick that he did. Um, yeah. He never got a, a lot of credit for his promos. Um, Kurt Angle. Yeah, early in early in Kurt's career, he was good. You know, towards the latter part of his year in WWE, it became the same. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. You guys should fear me because I can break your neck, or I won this with a broken neck. It, it, it turned repetitive, which is it's hard to keep showing someone when you're throwing the same thing at him. I mean, that's the thing with Cena; he never throws the same thing at someone week after week after week after week. Um, you know, the same thing with Brock. You know, Rocky always had somebody new to pick on or a new punchline or always threw something else out there that was different. Same with Austin. Uh, McMahon could put, could cut a good promo whenever he was ranting about Stone Cold. Yeah. But I, I, the, there's so many strong contenders. I don't think you could pick four clear names and say, these are the four best. This is Jordan Boscarini, host of Drive Time Sports on KOAL AM 750 in Utah. And you are listening to the Earnestly Speaking Podcast.
Because by the way, um, the fact they came with a split against LA this this weekend was amazing. The, the four game split because if you saw the way game game one and two started out, game one, you know, you know, obviously, you know, Kershaw's amazing performance um, on Thursday. Then Friday, you know, they can. I mean, Friday's game also too, they couldn't hit, hit anything. Um, and then they explode on Saturday, and then they win a thriller last yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I feel like I'm getting discouraged by the Mets this year, I, I feel encouraged again. Then I feel discouraged again. Then I feel encouraged again. Like. And yet, the only two back of the NL East. Here's the bottom line at the Mets. They're not getting the playoffs winning the wild card. Their, their only way of, winning, of getting in, honestly, is, is going to be through winning the division because there's no way in hell they're leapfrogging the, the Pirates and or the Cubs and or the Cardinals today, even if they were to fall back in, in, in the division. There's no way in hell it's going to happen. Uh, I wouldn't surrender the wild card just yet. Uh, I surrendered. Bye bye. White flag. I don't, I don't like I don't like Chicago's rotation. I do not. Jason Hamill got rocked a couple nights ago. I mean, I love John Lester. He he was a sock. He was drafted a sock. You know, I, I right. I'll always have admiration for John Lester, but that bullpen is not good. Jason Mott has had a great year, but Hector Rondon hit or miss. Uh, you know, the best players they have. You know, Anthony Rizzo's hitting one forty since the All Star game when he hit in the home run derby. Right. You know, Kyle Schwabar, the Futures Game MVP is salvaging them at catcher because David Ross and Miguel Montero, Montero's hurt. David Ross pretty much only catches John Lester. Um, You know, Starling Castro isn't hitting great. Um, Their outfield, what have you done for me lately? I mean, mean, the headline when they got no hit by Philadelphia was Dexter Fowler walks twice. Not, oh, hey, congratulations, Cole Hamels. You got the better of us today. Their Twitter headline was Dexter Fowler walks twice. Twice, hmm. uh, you're grasping for straws, and that's the scary part. And I think the Cubs have to make a move for pitching because, unfortunately, even if they win a wild card, they're going to have to go to Pittsburgh. And they're going to face a one-on-one yeah. game, a one-game playoff. Ain't happening. They ain't going to be Pittsburgh. They're going to have to go into Pittsburgh and beat Garrett Cole. That's that's hard to do. Or, if for some reason, say you do get past Garrett Cole, okay, then you're getting either St. Louis, the Dodgers, or the Nationals in the first round. You tell me what team they line up against with this current lineup and this current rotation. Because it's none of them. The Cubs need to make a move, and they need to make a move fast. The move to make, that I can't pinpoint. Because the pitchers that are available, Cole Hamels, Giovanni Gallardo, if Texas decides to sell, which they are on the fence about, David Price, um, you got, and that, and that we'll get to in a second because I want to talk about David Price and the, and the Tigers because I'm I'm, I'm kind of iffy on that whole thing because I think you and I off the record discussed this last week about what they what they should be doing and, and, yes. and whatnot. Um, yes. But with the Mets, okay, you you've been very vocal about about your position with the Mets in terms yes. of what they should do. Yes. So here's the deal: they're two back in, in the NL East. The Nationals have. A, the Nationals haven't completely run away with this thing yet. Every, every time we thought they're going to run away with it, they just it isn't. They always get hurt. That, well, yeah, and and that's you know and that's that's what the, who they are at this point. The Nationals are going to be who they are, but I, I still feel like they're going to run away with it probably in August. But here's here's my question. Okay. And the the Mets obviously made some moves uh, this this uh, going into the weekend. They they mm-hmm. brought in Kelly Johnson from uh, uh from Atlanta or Rebay, who had a game winning hit in, in extra innings yesterday against against the, against the Dodgers. So so you, you already seen those guys there, and Johnson's playing well already too. So you've seen those guys that they acquired already helping the team. Um yep. you know, as it is. Which I'm I'm to be honest, I'm still shocked about it and I'm still I, not I don't I know you know I told you on Friday when we talked about it. It wasn't this is that isn't the move to get you over the hump. That's a move yeah. that's gonna help benefit you in the long run. 
Um, you know, I feel that Kelly Johnson brings the depth that he can play second base. He can play shortstop. He can play third. Probably put him in the corner outfield and he'll be salvageable. Uh, Uribe, Uribe is a very good hitting third baseman. He hit very well in in. Which, in by the way, which, I'm, I'm going to credit you real quick though. By the way, thank you for uh, for talking me off the ledge last week. Um, because you know me being concerned, mm-hmm. Mets fan. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? Because because my thing is my my fear is that because the Mets are so stupid. Because they're, 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 because they're historically stupid, you know this, okay? I'm not, you, I'm not making this up. This is this is, this is as factual as it gets. Yeah, this is as factual as it gets. Absolutely. Okay, that they will dip into the top four rotation just to get a hitter who will probably end up leading them next year. You're That's right. how dumb they are. Now, when you when you know when you know to win championships in baseball, especially in this present day climate of baseball, you need pitching. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely, you need pitching, but you also need hitting. And and we've talked about it on, on a couple occasions. You don't sell the farm to win right now because I don't think they're ready to win right now. Um, I think they're a year or two away, but there are potential moves long term that could drastically help the New York Mets. Name floating around at this deadline is Jay Bruce. Bruce under contract for next year, twelve and a half million. His option for twenty seventeen. Is a $13 million option with a $4 million buyout. Basically, you're getting the rest of this year, all of next year, and possibly 2017. Right. Now, the name floated around for Jay Bruce is Zach Wheeler. If that's the price for Jay Bruce, I, I jump on it immediately. Because Zach Wheeler had Tommy John surgery. For every one pitcher that pitches like Matt Harvey after Tommy John surgery... You get the guys that pitch like me. Hmm. You know, it, 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 you're so hit or miss. Um, so I, I think if Bruce, if, if Wheeler is the best prospect you have to give up to get Jay Bruce and he's hurt right now. So you're, you're okay with getting Wheeler because I've heard Wheeler's name spin around a lot I, this weekend. The best Zach Wheeler's going to be in your rotation is the fifth starter. Right now. So if you're getting. I don't think he gets better than any of the four guys you have right now. I don't think he gets better than Matt. I don't think he gets better than Syndergaard. Even, even though we've never seen, even though we've never seen him actually pitch like this in, in, a, in, a, in a longer sample size. I don't. I don't think he gets better than the four guys you have right now. So you, so you, you saw you, you just saw these four guys: Matt's and Syndergaard and, and Harvey and 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 Degrom and and Degrom and Degrom. Uh, and, and Degrom's amazing. Like I, I think it's, I'm not going to go there yet because I, I think the sample is still too small, but. You know, my boy Matt Weiner, I referenced again on the radio show, mm-hmm. he asked me a question about three weeks ago. He goes, EJ, I got a question for you guys. I said, what? He goes, who's really the best pitcher in the best rotation? Is it really Harvey or is it really DeGrom? Because DeGrom is balling. And since that comment, he's still balling. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, I think I think if you have to pick two guys that are untouchable in that rotation to be your one-two punch for years down the road, it's Harvey and it's DeGrom. Um, you know, that's no offense to, to Syndergaard or Mats. I just think that you see what these two guys bring to the table every day they get the ball. And I think those are the guys that you, you really run with. Um, you know, so if Zach Wheeler's name is the name that gets you Jay Bruce, you know, to get you that power hitting corner outfielder, you know, because Michael Kadire is at the, the final legs of his days. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how much more he's got left in the tank um, on the disabled list again. Um, you know, Couple they're more so names. Thin. They're just so thin. I mean, you got Granderson who's trying his best out there, man. Right. Like Granderson dude. He's, 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 he's gone at the end of the year. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And honestly, if Granderson is a guy that gets moved in a salary kind of trade, a la the trade that I've kind of I mean, talked now, to you a little bit about. Yes, right now, listen. The trade I was talking to you about: Carlos Gomez and Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun. 2016 through 2018 has 20 which, million. Which, 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 by the way, guys, just, 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 just to kind of set it up for you real quick, you had, uh, on the last pod we did back in, I believe yep. it was in May, has suggested that they, they, the Mets tip, tip into or tap into the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Brewers, uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, put the on roster. No, you said Gomez definitely, but you, you put up Braun, which I think, I thought was fascinating. I was like, Braun, why would you, is he even on the block? I don't think he's on the block at all, but, mm-hmm. so, just realistically, if you can get Gomez $9 million next year, then he's a free agent in 2017. So you get the end of this year, a full year from him. Braun is under contract through 20, what do we got here? 2020, with 2021 being a option year where you can sign for 15 mil or a 4 million buyout. And then the, the mystery name that if you can get. Now, 
package deal, Gomez, Braun, and Gene Segura for Granderson. Now, this is where Met Nation's going to go insane. If you can get him for hmm. Granderson, Syndergaard, or Mats, and a prospect or two. So you don't have to kill the entire farm, but you can still reel in a guy that's going to hit 25 home runs in Ryan Braun. A guy that's going to hit 290, get on base a lot in Carlos Gomez, and probably the third best defensive shortstop in the National League. In hmm. Segura. Um, you know, I think I think that's a an option. And the other option is you go to Colorado and you say, what do you want for Carlos Gonzalez oh, and Tulowitzki? Tulowitzki, the, 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 the guy who never, ever, ever, ever... Every 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 it seems like every like um every trade every, year, every summer there's always like the front runner like the, he- the headliner of this yep. thing and never gets moved. But, never gets moved. Well, he always he's always hurt at the trade deadline. It's <laughs> the first <laughs> time he's really been. <laughs> <at the trade laughs> deadline. Is, is it convenience? That's <laughs> Um, you know the Mets have contacted Colorado, according to sources, about Tula Whiskey. Uh, everything well, today, wait, 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 today in general, they've they've had conversations. Okay. Uh, Tulo is very adamant that he wants to stay in Colorado. Um, the reality is, is he's under contract through 2020, as is Ryan Braun, with that same 15 mil or 4 mil buyout for 2021. Um, so, you know, the big the big problem that I see with the Met organization, first base, shortstop, corner outfield. Those are the three big glaring weaknesses I see. And the fourth one could be fixed with one simple phone call, and that's the bullpen. Because the reality is... The bullpen's kind of a shaky. He was kind of... Ah, that's right. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, yeah, but I'm, what, what I'm saying is, is there's a certain gentleman that has pitched in the National League East. Oh, come on, let's say it. Just say it. He pitches in San Diego. No, let's say it. Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> it's amazing. If the, Mets can, if the Mets can go acquire Craig Kimbrell from the Padres, who are looking to sell, you'll have him this year, all of next year, and he, I believe he has an option for 2017. If it's not an option, then he you're going to get a, you're going to send him a qualifying offer, and you're going to get a top 20 draft pick for him. So, I personally feel that if you can put Craig Kimbrell in the ninth inning, it's definitely going to make things a little bit easier. You know, if you have Harvey and, and Syndergaard and DeGrom, that can go seven. Eight, seven, eight, eight, eight. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you, you, you really turn the ball over to one of the best closers in baseball, um, and that is Craig Kimbrell. It's a shame, because this team, with a few bats, could be a team that, that can go to the World Series. With I, this, with this com- position. I completely agree with you, especially with the National League. You know, I, can't I, believe, not, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. I can't believe I'm actually saying this to you right now, the Mets. But I'm not a, but I'm not a fan of the National League, to, to be completely honest with you. And it's, not, it's no offense to any of those guys. There's no team out there that scares me. The Dodgers... What, 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 Clayton Kershaw with his seven and a half ERA? The thing is, though, here's the thing, though, you say that, here's here's the problem with that statement, though. Every year's that way, and they still find a way to win the World Series. Every year is the same thing, that that they don't look scary. Oh, St. Louis, eh, whatever, in San Francisco. It's, no, no, they come in, it's it's the the Cardinals and the Giants. It's the Cardinals and the Giants. And it's 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 an even year, or it's an odd year, so the Giants aren't going to win it. So, yeah, bye, bye, Felicia. Uh, The Cardinals... Uh, don't don't do don't do that. Don't don't the bite Felicia me. What, what, what is that? The Giants. The Giants. Get out of here with that. The Giants won't make the playoffs this year. They are making. They're making it, right? You don't think they're making it? They don't have enough starting pitching. Again, they fade. They fade. They fade late. They fade late August. Um, you, you know. Dinner on that. I see. I disagree with you on that one. No, we'll, 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 you want to bet dinner on that? All right, we're in. <laughs> yeah, we're in. <laughs> Um, you know, other other talks, you know, that the, the Mets called Atlanta today about and Dalton Simmons. Um, basically, the reports coming back with that is uh, that the, uh, <laughs> unreachable. <laughs> oh, the guy in Oakland that, that, that you mentioned earlier. Which the one? Guy that met, the, the guy ben in Zogrist? Oakland. Huh? Ben Zogrist? Another guy, the guy that uh, that you said might go to New York uh, also, because there's some reports coming in now that he that actually might actually work out. Tyler Clifford? Yes, that guy. Okay, the reliever, the closer. Yeah, that's actually that's actually uh, on the verge of happening now. Oh, it according, is according to the report. Yeah, no, that's a, that's what I'm reading here on my on my phone. Um, let me ask you a question though. Yep. Quickly. Mm-hmm. 
I think outside the Mets, of course, and I can't believe I'm actually, I'm actually this is, and I love baseball, but I can't believe it, this has been a long time since I actually dedicated a podcast in the middle of summer talking baseball like this. Um, mm-hmm. David Price and the Tigers. Yes. The Tigers are still in this. They're, they're still hanging around. They're not, they're not, well, I mean, they, they, can, they, they can still make some noise. A lot of people are saying that the Tigers, regardless where they're at, they should blow it up because of the fact that that even if they get in the playoffs, the the the, reality, the the chances of them actually winning anything is slim to none because there's there's something about this mix they have that can't over the hump. They go, they can go to the ALDS, ALCS, maybe even the World Series, but for some reason they can't get to the gold. Um, David Price, he's a free agent at the end of the year. First off, if you're a Tigers, you let him go. Yeah, you got to see what you get back for him. Um, I mean, the reality is, is you're going to offer him a qualifying offer. It means you're going to get a top. 10 to 15 draft pick, you know, one of those teams they're going to pay him, especially if, especially if he gets free agency, Boston will be a team that goes after him and they're going to have a top 15 draft pick. You know, the Red Sox are going to go after him cut and dry. I know they are. Um, you know, so the reality is, is if you think the haul you can get back for him is going to be better than the one prospect you get at 15, then why not? You know, um, the reality is, is David Price has said that he's probably not going to sign an extension in Detroit. You know, there's rumors circulating that he's gone. You know, you can't offer Cespedes a qualifying offer because of the international free agency. He's automatically a free agent with no potential qualifying offer attached to him. Um, so, uh, Miguel Cabrera is getting a little older. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the final swan song for Victor Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think the the thing is you got to think about is um, if they blow it up, it might be time to blow it up. You know, Alex Avila getting a little older behind the plate with the concussions. You know, he might Ray not Cabrera. be able to. How about Trey Miggy? Ooh, he can't. say that. Did I say that? Trey Miggy? Whoa. Uh, Tiger fans, it, don't get mad at me. <laughs> while, it, while it sounds great, that that contract you can't move because you're not going to get enough money to, to, to make it happen. push in the blow. Um, so, I mean, the reality is, is honestly, the only team in the, in the American League that's in 100% sell mode right now is the Oakland A's. Um, you know, so I, I feel like they're the only team that is in 100% sell mode. You know, Clippard's going to be gone. Zobrist, probably gone. Um, potential talks that they might trade all-star Steven Vogt, which I don't agree with. Um, you know, I've seen that floating around. You know, I don't believe Vogt should be moved. Um, so I wouldn't move Vogt. Uh, so I, I think the reality is, is David Price does go. It's where does he go? Um, Texas... Texas is very adamant that they are not trading for rentals. They are more going for guys like Cole Hamill uh, that have a couple years left on the contract. Um, you know, the Dodgers are in play for David Price, but they refuse to give up shortstop prospect Corey Seager or outfield prospect Julio Yaris. Um, so you got to figure out what you can get from them. Um, you know, especially their need for pitching now that Brett Anderson's out for an undisclosed amount of time with his ankle. Um, you know, so, and Clayton Kershaw in, in the playoffs the last two years, when he faced St. Louis, his ERA is north of six and a half. Um, you know, and they're going to, they're going to face St. Louis again, you know, and it seems like St. Louis is the, the voodoo of Clayton Kershaw. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Padres, you know, the team out in the national league, you know, they're a team that is in cell mode, uh, looking for them to move guys. Like I said, Kimbrell, uh, Upton. You know, he's a rental because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, so if they trade him, you know, he can't be offered a qualifying offer. Uh, they're probably going to move Benoit to Joaquin Benoit, the reliever. Um, you know, uh, the, the big name that they could move to get a haul back is Tyson Ross under under contract for another six or I think it's five years of team control. Um, so, I mean, I think that's a name that could be moved. Um you know, the rumor going around right now is the Yankees are kicking the tires on three different closers. Um, Chapman, Kimbrell, and uh, potentially Jonathan Papelbon to go with Patances and Miller so they could turn into the Kansas City Royals, basically. Um, you know, but I think I think the first the first shot was fired when Houston acquired Scott Casimir. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that I, I, made I, them perennial favorites in the American I, League. Now, I would have thought, to be honest with you, not to cut you off with it, I would have thought, though, that uh, when um, be prior to Cuero going to KC, 
uh, yesterday, which shocked everybody. I didn't see that coming. No, I mean, I, I, um, I was out of left field. I, really I, 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 thought, I, I thought Casey would have went after uh, after the price first. Be honest with you, and see if they can and see if they can um, give mm-hmm. the form. But mm-hmm. Quato, you know, Quato's available. I mean, Quato, you know, he said even with a, with a rough year, you know, and a little bit of injuries here and there, he's still having a pretty decent year ERA wise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that one was out of left field. You know, I thought the name circling around Kansas City more was Jeff Samarja. Okay, because um, you know, he's inevitably going to be moved from the Chicago White Sox. Um, but he's a name that Houston's also been attached to. Uh, you know, and if they can go get him, you know, I, I think that makes Houston the favorite to win the American League this year. You know, with a one-two-three punch of Casimir Keuchel and uh, Jeff Samarja, you know, to go with uh, Colin McHugh and Lance McCullers, you know, that, that's a team that could get dangerous. You know, and they're a group of kids, and I'm going to use the word kids because I think the oldest guy on that team is probably Evan Gaddis, who they went and got, you know, to be a clubhouse leader. You know, but those kids are just crazy enough to to not care what anybody thinks. You know, they're crazy enough to go out and win games you're not supposed to. You know, you right. keep telling those kids no, and they're going to find a way to do it. You know, and they're doing this all without George Springer. Springer's on the disabled list with a broken thumb or, or torn ligament in his thumb. He's out till probably the middle of August. You know, so there's their bat that they're going to acquire. You know, at, you know, you're going to get your starting right fielder back off the disabled list. You know, and I think that's going to be a huge for them. They don't have to go out and trade for a guy like Adam Lind or right. Jay Bruce because they're getting Springer back in August. So give me give me a prediction then. Uh, uh, will will. Will Dave Price be gone from Detroit end of this week? Price to the Dodgers. The Dodgers? Yes, I say Price to the Dodgers, and I believe the Dodgers come off of either Seager or Yoharis for it to happen. Uh, I don't. I don't. They won't come off of both of them, but I think they come off of one to get David Price to win right now because this Dodgers team is built for now. Right. All right. Last. Um, before I let you go, last question. Before I let you go, okay. and I want to ask you this. Um, NFL. I, I, I want to say all the cool NFL topics for August. We're still okay. training camp open this week, but mm-hmm. I want to I want to ask you quickly. Give me three mm-hmm. storylines in the NFL tra- entering camp now that that most interest you right now. Three. Give me three. I'll top of your head that are most interesting to you. Jameis Winston. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Uh, I want to see how he does meshing with good receiving targets. Um, you know, Mike Evans. Uh, you know those guys. I want to see how he meshes with that system. Is is, is VJAC still there? I believe so. Okay. Um. So you know, I'm interested to see what James can do. Uh, story number two. Um. You know, there's there, there's reports right now about Junior Gillette getting cut from the Saints and the Saints. going on a couple of very profane lace text mess or uh, tweets off of his girlfriend's account, basically calling Sean Payton yeah. a Molly abuser and stuff like that. Um, you know, so I'm kind of intrigued, I guess, by that, but I wouldn't say it's in my top three. You know, I'm also, I, w- I want to see what the Niners do, um, you know, losing three quarters of their starting team. Um, you know, I'm intrigued by them to see what goes with them. You know, and I'm, I'm going to go Homer with this one because, you know, I'm a Bengal fan. I want to see, I want to see what happens with Marvin Jones. Um, you know, everybody last year, Andrew Hawkins went to, to Cleveland Everybody said, oh, AJ, Marvin, you know, they're, they're going to be a great one-two punch. You know, and Martin Bra- Marvin breaks his foot, um, which killed us, you know, and it, it sucked. Um, you know, we could have used him late in those those games when we were playing Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and they were allowed to double cover, you know, uh, AJ. So, you know, Marvin coming back from injury, Tyler Eifert coming back from injury. I'm interested to see what happens with Giovanni Bernard and how that goes with Jeremy Hill, you know, them two together. You know, and of course, Andy Dalton, um, you know, the, the, the ginger with no soul has to get it done this year. Um, the, red rifle. the red rifle. And I, and I, and I think as much as I want to say, I think he gets it done. You know, I hope we get a playoff win this year. If he doesn't, it might be time to turn the reins over to AJ McCarron. I think so, huh? I, I think this is that year where you have to put the pressure on Marvin and age and, and Andy and say, you got to win now, you know? And I think if I'm Marvin not- doesn't get a playoff win this year, he's gone. I'm not going to claim the Noah's contract necessarily in detail, but for what I understand, what I, if, if I, if my memory serves correctly, somebody broke down his contract last year when he, he signed an extension. People yes. were like, oh my God, all the money. From what I heard, that after year two, they can actually buy him out mm-hmm. or actually cut him and, and, mm-hmm. and take a, 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 a very light, very light yeah, hit. It's like a $2 million. Right, right. So that, I mean, yeah, I, so I, that's, I think that's, I think that's why, I think that's the, the reality of, of it is, 
you know, Andy and Marvin got to win now. If they don't win now, then, you know, I believe that the, the coach and the quarterback are gone. And, 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 that's, and, and it's, it sucks, too, for the Bengals because, like, look, the Ravens and the Steelers are going to be bad forever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's just going to be a bad the, 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 the Bengals are actually picked to finish third this year. You know, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are still projected to finish above them. Um, you know, I don't agree with that. You know, I don't, I don't like Pittsburgh defensively this year. I think they lost too many pieces. Um, you know, they're always going to be good offensively. Le'Veon Bell, um, Antonio Brown, Ben always finds a way to get stuff done. You know, Baltimore, I think they took a couple blows offensively, but, you know, they always find a way to get it done. Um, and the real wild card in all of it is Cleveland. Just, you know, Cleveland come out one week and, and get them, you know, just because you never know what you're going to get with that Cleveland Brown team. So there's your, okay, here you go, folks. There's your NFL tease for today because I'm not getting any more NFL stuff until, like, Pipe Friday because <laughs> that camp go through a little bit. But uh, Mikey, thanks. Well, go, what? Let's get to let's get through July thirty first in the trade deadline before we break out too much football talk. Exactly, exactly. Save it. I know Big Craig's gonna be like, "Oh, what the other full time?" No, dude, wait me up in September. <laughs> I don't even I don't even watch preseason football. So to me, this, this, is, all, this is a moot point. I'll, I'll, look, I'll do my over unders later later in August and all that stuff. But yeah. beyond that, man, wait me up in in September. Period. So I like it. Okay, Mikey. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it, man. And, and, and we, did a, we did a soft lunch today. It's awesome. Yeah, once we, once we finally got the speaker fixed. Yeah. By the way, it's your fault. Sort of. That was my fault. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. All right, man. Be good. All right, be good. I'm gonna go